Please note that nothing in this podcast should ever be taken as personal financial advice. And if you are seeking financial advice, reach out as we work with professionals in the industry. It's that time of the week again. Welcome back to another episode of the Finance Bible Podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Oscar and I'm joined once again with our fellow co-founder of the Finance Bible, Zeke. Good to see you once again. Bit of news in the media regarding a bit of restrictions easing in New South Wales. How are you feeling about it? I'm feeling good. Hopefully they're better than the, the ones that they announced the other day. They were promising a couple of easing of restrictions Yesterday, that is, on, on Thursday, I think they were pretty pansy-like in terms of they weren't actually very good. Man, what's, what's not good about, you know, going to the park with five friends? <laughs> <laughs> no, better than nothing, but ideally we wouldn't be talking about COVID in every intro. True. <laughs> yeah, we do do that. But the good news is on the 13th, fully vaccinated people, we are looking at a different living, apparently. There we go. So... Whether that's actually good or not, I don't know. But uh, you never know with these things. You never know. Let's just fingers crossed, all right? Yeah, um, now, what are, you, what are you most excited about for when we get out of lockdown, mate? To be honest, uh, look, gym's open. I'll be very happy. Oh, nice. Honestly, the last couple of months, it's uh, not a very good... Yeah, I've noticed <laughs> you're letting it slide a little bit, mate. Um, oh, and summer is coming, as yeah, you like to summer say. Summer is always approaching, but look, gyms will be good. Just keep going out to um, just a local bar or having a nice lunch, getting on the drinks. Yeah. Just enjoying seeing some friends, going to the beach without feeling guilty. There's <laughs> feeling a, guilty. There's a lot of things. You take a lot for granted in these situations, but you know, we'll just have to wait and see and fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. What's on, what's on for today in the podcast? Look, well, as mentioned last week, today is a bit of an exciting topic when you look at your future. Um, a lot of people at the moment probably don't think it's too exciting, but we're going to talk about superannuation and really how it is your best friend in retirement. A lot of our viewers and listeners um, generally aren't in that age bracket for retirement. So if you are listening to this now, you know this conversation probably won't feel too important to you at the moment, but in a blink of an eye, you know, you're going to be 60 in needing funds in retirement. So it's an extremely important concept to understand. And we're just going to try and kind of explain in the simplest form. So everyone does understand it. And then, yeah, kind of just form that future funding for yourself. So when you do hit 60, you know, you're actually living a luxury life or as you are now, and you don't fall off the cliff, as we say, and you know, go to eating spam. That's it. Basically. Let's, um, before we jump into our post uh, that we did on Super, let's talk about a few, a few things within the Super. I know we touched on a bit last week, but we'll go on, on a bit further here. So one thing I want to talk about is uh, the actual tax rate in your Super Fund. Yeah, that's very important, mate. So when, you, when your fund is in accumulation, as in between now and, and 60, we'll call it, averagely, you know, your funds are going in there, they're accumulating, hence why it's the accumulation phase. Your funds in there will be taxed at 15%. The money that's going in there and sort of building up the wealth. For example, you've got the shares and they're growing and growing and you're getting all the gains and dividends and everything. You're getting taxed a 15% ratio in your super fund on that kind of stuff. Mm. 
Yeah, the, the tax advantages in super, you know, are it's probably the, the number one tax, you know, location in Australia. Friendly, friendly to tax. Always yeah. tax friendly. And a, a good idea for that or a good, you know, example is the transfer balance cap. So, you know, this actually allows for when you do retire, you can have, uh, each individual can have $1.7 million worth in their super fund tax-free. Yeah, so any- So it's three point, sorry mate, it's 3.4 as a couple, uh, million dollars that is. So any income you produce up to that threshold, um, say you're uh, producing 3.4 million dollars, that income is gonna be tax-free. Correct. So you can have yeah three point four million as a couple in your transfer balance cap, and of that, the income it's paying you isn't taxable. So how good is that? Yeah, you could literally have three point four million invested into shares, getting a four percent dividend, which is the average at the moment. It's a it's a massive advantage having that ability to have that tax free income, and when you are hit 60 you've done all the hard work for 60 years you know going to work building that income building that retirement funds so the least the government could do is give us a tax-free but yeah you can have if you're assuming four percent on it it's 136k per year tax-free like that's better than a lot of people are paying it, it, yeah it really is yeah um and look another concept which we briefly touched on last week is a lot of the you know, population believe that when you hit 65, that's when you can actually start gaining income from your super, but it actually is 60 years old. So yeah, if, if you are listening and you originally think it's 65, wipe that knowledge out, it is 60. So you've got five years less when you can actually start getting the income. Yeah, if you're, if you're in a financial position where you can happily reduce your working life by five years and start getting paid the income a bit early, go for it. The other thing I want to touch on is your actual capital gains ratio in super. The simplest way to calculate the capital gains is using $100 as an example. If you make $100 of profit or capital gains, that $100 in your personal name will be added onto your taxable income. That doesn't mean you charged $100 of tax. That means you've got $100 added on to your taxable income. If your taxable income is 30%, well then you pay $30 of tax in theory. Now, when you hold the asset for one year, you get a capital gains tax discount of 50%. So only 50% of the profits would be added onto your taxable income. So again, $100 capital gains, you've held the asset for one year, you only get $50 added onto your taxable income, which in turn is $15 of tax. Now, in super, it's a little bit different. The actual tax rate is 15%. So when you sell $100 of profit, you're getting taxed $15. But after holding the asset for one year, you get a 33% capital gains tax discount in super, meaning for every $100, you'll be taxed $10. Now, obviously, this will have a larger benefit for the people on higher incomes. So even assuming the 30% tax bracket you're still going to be saving a lot of money in super as opposed to in your personal name. Now, if you're on a higher tax bracket, call it 50%, uh, which is pretty much the highest there is, then every $100, you're going to get taxed $50. And even with the capital gains tax discount, you're going to be getting $25 of tax. Whereas in your super, the flat rate, after a year of holding it would just be $10 per 100 it's extremely beneficial, especially when you get into the higher income brackets, and then you can 
start looking at things like your salary sacrifice and all of the tax-efficient methods that we can look into. With that being said, mate, a lot of our listeners are in the you know 20 to 35-year um, age bracket. So like ourselves, they are quite young. So a lot of young people, as we know, you, know, you want to enjoy your young years and go out with some friends, enjoy your spending, maybe go for a nice dinner, you know, treat yourself, get that dress. Um, but or yeah, put on that put on that twenty leg multi every Friday Friday night before the NRL and AFL come around. Whatever makes you happy with your money, use it for that. But in the back of your mind, just remember, you know, you will need your super when you retire. It's all fine right now to think you're not going to need it because you're young, you're enjoying your younger years and spending your money as you want. But as soon as you hit sixty, a lot of clients we find who are you know maybe just before hitting 60 mid 50s yeah yeah, mid 50s they only just realize they need their super and it's a pretty tough conversation to have it's pretty you know sometimes a bit heartbreaking upsetting because they've done all the hard work for 55 years and they thought they were in a good position but you know they haven't actually planned their super and that's what's actually going to be paying you an income in retirement so just always think about that in the back of your mind, but enjoy enjoy your younger years, have fun, you know, do whatever you got to do to make time. Yeah, ultimately, if life's not enjoyable, it's not worth living. So, did you make that quote up yourself, mate? Or <laughs> I don't know. Is, should, is that a quote? You should sell that. Um, that is but, inspiration. But on, <laughs> on the topic, literally, huge quote: "Time is money." Is never so real. Is that another Robert Kiyosaki. Except for or? that'd be a lot of people have said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's a very literal thing when it comes to superannuation and compounding oh, and creating wealth. Now, oh, one thing that you should think about is if your wage stopped today, how long could you actually live for doing what you're doing? Maintaining your lifestyle, mm. going out, putting on your multis, getting that dress. <laughs> and, well, and hopefully all your multis get up you so enjoy. you can actually live on a little bit longer. That's true. But how long, how long could you maintain your lifestyle? Mm. And that's uh, the dilemma that people in their 50s reach when they go, oh, I don't really want to keep working. Um, and unfortunately, the government's rolling back their support. And I think the generation coming through now will be the, the hardest done by generation in terms of retirement because life expectancy has gone up, government support's gone down, um, and the rates of return, like interest, have gone down as well. And that, that trend's going to continue to, you know... Um probably decrease or continue as it is um, from now until you know 30 40 years so you can only imagine when you hit retirement what it's actually going to be like mate there's a a big rule in the finance industry that's pretty pretty well known across the broad in the whole industry uh, of calculating your kind of income in retirement slightly outdated you might need a little bit more now but tell me about the the four percent rule yeah, look, it is the you know the rule of thumb for retirement. They say it is known as the four percent rule. So you got that correct. Thanks for the intro there, mate. Um, so look, it's relatively quite simple with the four percent rule. So basically, um, all you got to do is you add up all of your investments and you withdraw four percent of that total during your first year of retirement. So for example, um, if you're on say you're on a hundred thousand dollars income, just give or take. That requires using the 4% rule that in retirement, you actually need in your super fund two and a half million dollars worth of assets 
income producing assets outside of your family home. So if you get out your calculator, you can actually calculate this yourself. It's quite simple. So just put in the $100,000 or 100,000 divided by 4%. That's a bigger number than a lot of people would expect. Uh, and that 2.5 million, by the way, that can be both in super and out of super combined. But whatever you hold outside super, you will still get taxed on pending your tax bracket. So uh, an easier calculation is just putting it in the super in the transfer balance cap. So Matt, do you want to actually explain the reasoning behind the 4%? Like why isn't it 5%, 6%? Why is it 4 Yeah, so it, it is slightly outdated actually. Uh, I'd be more inclined personally to think it's more about 3%, uh, which doesn't sound like a big difference, but per million dollars, that, that's a big difference. Mm. Uh, the reason for it is your shares, like I said, the dividends are normally returning about 4.1%. The NASDAQ is returning a bit lower. It's yeah, more about 3% or 27 in today's market. Yeah. Uh, interest rates used to be up in the 4, 5, 6%. Uh, as I said, that's dropped. So shares... Dividends are dropping, NASDAQ dividends are dropping, gross rent around Australia is dropping uh, in terms of a percentage basis because the, the price of actual properties is going up quicker than the rent's going up, generally speaking. So you, you get to a figure of 3 or 4% as a rule of thumb. Now, another thing we can touch on is uh, the contributions that go into your super. So a lot of people are aware they're getting a little bit of super put in their um, account per week or fortnight, however they're paid. That's called the SG contribution, so the super guarantee. Last year it was 9.5%, this year it's 10, next is 10.5, then 11, so it's 11.5, 5, 12, 12 12.5. Uh, so it actually does stop at 12.5 at the moment, which I think is 2025 that is projected yeah. to hit that. That basically is what your employer is going to be paying into your super per year. Which is great because, yeah. you know, obviously the government's realizing super is one of the most important tools for, you know, living your life, obviously. Um, so they've actually realized and made a, made a difference and forced that contribution level. Yeah, now I touched on it a bit earlier, but the reason the government's have realized is if they're rolling back their support, you're going to need more in super. So they just put that on the business to pay you a bit more. And also they're recognizing with the life expectancy going up so far, for example, my life expectancy is about 86. They know that's 26 years or so of not working where you need an income. Whereas 100 years ago, 200 years ago, your life expectancy was a lot lower. Yeah. You didn't need to fund yourself for as long and you had the pension. But back, back in the day, mate, obviously we went around, but... It's all a different Back in era. the day. All a different era. You, you know, you just all you got to do is you buy your house, and you're fine. You got some money for retirement. Don't have to worry. Yeah, that it's it completely used to be different. Pay off your home, and you will be okay. That's it, and that's how they lived for many years. But now, you know, it's it's a bit hard. It's a lot harder for individuals like ourselves and everyone who's listening because, as we've mentioned before, the problem um, with the school system and the government and society at the moment. Um, and a big reason why we're actually doing these podcasts is no one actually learns any of this in school or university. Um, so, you know, going through school, we had no idea. So we're just trying to be that avenue so you get that knowledge and you can probably listen to us on the train if you're going to work, you know, having a bit of a workout, 
listen to our voices serenade <laughs> going to sleep <laughs> going to sleep we'll sing you a little lullaby but look it's it's hard we understand that no no one really knows anything about it so it's a lot of information to take in but maybe write some notes but look it is the most important area um you know of your money and you've really got to look after it and if if school and media and all of that isn't actually teaching you then where are you getting educated your parents are going to be the only people educating you on money for at least the first 18 years of your life now in that situation if your parents are successful happy days you're going to be the same however in the event that uh, your parents are focused on paying down the house and they're telling you to do the same thing stay in school get a job pay the house it doesn't work anymore it's a good old nature versus nurture argument mate that's exactly what it is that's right now with your your super guarantee um i'll use a flat example of a hundred thousand dollars per year as a wage because it keeps the numbers really easy so at the moment you'll be getting 10 grand per year in your super from your employer now the contribution cap as in concessional contributions so what you can put in at a pre-tax level which means you don't personally pay tax on it is twenty-seven thousand five hundred dollars this year so on a hundred grand you can actually put in seventeen thousand five hundred dollars yourself through salary sacrifice and not pay tax on those funds as in instead of that money being included on your taxable income it's not included on your taxable income so a you're saving tax and b you're actually increasing your super quicker it's a win-win yeah now that's not financial advice either that's literally just straight and this is where we'll put the disclaimer in now please note that nothing in this podcast should ever be taken as personal financial advice and if you are seeking financial advice reach out as we work with professionals in the industry in my current personal situation i'm doing a little bit of salary sacrificing here and there i'm not taking it too seriously because like we said before we are extremely young as well as all the uh, listeners out there so it's not the the first thing to think about i'm obviously looking at my personal side of things and enjoying my time with friends family and just you know living when we can a fun life but at the same time you know doing a little bit of salary sacrifice here and there is probably a good idea what about you mate you you're kind of in the same situation as well like you'll actually doing a bit of salary sacrifice but you're not taking it too seriously yet yeah i'm i'm more focused on my own personal yeah. investments at the moment for example i've got a bit of crypto i've got a bit of shares and Speaking i've got a... crypto we've um <laughs> we've become a bit of crypto fanatics in the last few months haven't we we've we have we've it's, really done a it's rocketing up um there's a few in there we might have to do a separate yeah, a discussion on at one time but well if yeah if you if anyone is a massive crypto fan and d- does want a podcast based on crypto and, and our thoughts we will put a post up on monday or a good old questionnaire and we'll put a bit of a poll up um tell us what you think we'll do that if you want um but yeah we've done a bit of research in the crypto area and it's extremely interesting you know argument and discussion it is very interesting now uh what what i was saying was i'm actually i've got a bit of crypto i've got a bit of shares got a bit of savings and i've got an investment property too so i'm focusing on my own personal life at the moment as in building up my assets personally and actually living life right now while only putting a little bit in into salary sacrifice yeah and the the key to that mate which is quite similar to me is 
your investments are all diverse. Mm -hmm. So for example, diversification isn't putting all your eggs in one basket. So you've got, you know, your shares, your crypto, your investment property, and you probably have some sitting cash at the moment, I'm sure. Yep. Just, you know, just waiting. Um, that's the key. You don't want to put all your money, for example, in crypto because- Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not in crypto. Or, you know, just in one area, it's extremely, you know, it's a high risk because if something happens to that asset or in the um, property market or the stock market, and all of a sudden all your money just goes goes out the window in like an hour, not even, you know, you wake up and you realize, shit, I've got no money. So diversification is key with investments and building that wealth. We will do, um, I'm sure, you know, maybe in the next few weeks, we'll touch on a post specifically on diversification yep. and the actual benefits of that and maybe some examples of, you know, for those listeners out there who haven't really thought about their diversification portfolios or how to start, you know, we'll just get simple and maybe even how to get into the stock market for some people who want to do it, but haven't yet figured it out. Yeah. Now on, on salary sacrifice, most of our viewers were saying are very young. So you've got a lot of people in their 20s, in their 30s, in their teens and, and everything like that that would be earning a wage, can do a little bit of salary sacrifice. Let's touch on an example of what if they just did 20 bucks a week from now for 40 years, so from 20 to 60, and they're just 20 bucks a week, doesn't cost them a lot, or 30 bucks a week. Yeah. Over the 40 years that they do it, they'd actually end up with an extra 340 grand in their super so that and that is that little of a difference that is a lot can of make money. a lot of uh change now our actual post that we did on this i'm just going to get it up but we we okay. were touching on based on the four percent rule as well that that amount of funds alone gives you 13 grand per year in retirement well there you go that's so, that's an extra 13 grand yeah, extra per 13 year. grand per year for your you can even call Fun funds for the weekend, you know, go fun funds. fun funds, new little lingo. So in our post, we've mentioned that your super fund is tax friendly, which we've already talked about. And we've used a few variables based on the average income in Australia and a 9.5% contribution, which is 10% now. So this is slightly going to be outdated, but with salary sacrifice and without. So we've got one where you're employees paying you an extra $50 a week into into your super, so salary sacrifice. Now, if you don't salary sacrifice, based on the wage, uh, I think I did it at $80,000, you're getting to $580,000 in super, which should equate to, what, like $21,000, $22,000 a year in, in retirement using the 4%. Yeah, 23000 $23, using the 4 now, just the 50 bucks a week in salary sacrifice will increase it to about 760,000, which should be about 30 grand a year, I think. Spot on 30.4. 30.4, all right, I, I round well it down, I'm conservative. <laughs> but yeah, they're the, yeah. the little differences that it can make in, in your life over time. So it's extremely beneficial to superannuation. Um, you know, if. If you're not too sure about it, do your research. Obviously, if you ever need any questions, contact us. We're actually, we'll even give you a phone call and just kind of explain it. Like we're more than happy to do that. Um, we just want more Australians to actually realize the benefits of super and the importance of it and starting early. 
And if you if you're actually not an Australian listener, which we found a few of, uh, there is strategies in your countries. For example, America with your four hundred one k, your Roth IRA, IRA yeah. uh, and all of that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I, I'm not a professional on them. I've got no idea what half of them are, to be honest. But we'll find but, out. Yeah, you can <laughs> look into that in your own country or um, reach out and I'm happy to look into it for you. So this brings us to the end of episode four, I believe, of the podcast series. It certainly does. Episode Already. four, hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully it's a good one, guys. Um, next week, we're actually talking about something which is really interesting and for the age bracket, which the majority of our listeners are in, it's what everyone is trying to do every day of the week, um, and everyone does dig into this type of funds. It's about common mistakes when you're looking to save. Oh, good post. Yeah, so look, we're gonna dive into every every mistake that every person makes when you're trying to save and how to minimize that and maximize the amount you are saving. So it is going to be a big post. We're gonna dive in. Um, it'll probably be a bit longer than this because there's a lot of aspects to touch on, but very exciting post to um, listen to and yeah. As always guys, if you've got any friends, family, acquaintances, work colleagues, anything and anyone that you think needs to listen to this podcast or could learn from it, could be interested by it, uh, or is just bored sometimes, get them onto it, get them to listen to it, and I'm sure that they'll learn something, if not... Uh, a few things that they can actually use in their everyday life for finances. Yeah. Now, as Oscar was saying, that is the end. So uh, we'll see you next time for that podcast on savings. Until then, keep budgeting. Keep investing. And keep listening, guys. Thank you. Ciao.